Uh, one, two, can I get away with putting the mic there? Yes, I think I can. Coffee drinkers. Guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, coffee drinkers, good morning. Podcast, what are we, episode seven of the Hello Coffee Drinkers podcast? Is it our first week in the books today? Um, I think it is. I'm trying to avoid the scratchy scratchy with the microphone because I'm using the Zoom. What is this? H6. And if I get it in the right position, I'll be able to go live on Facebook and do a Q&A with you guys kind of live right now. And uh, let's see. Let's see the power of the social medias. I'm also talking to Chelsea because her show just got done. It's like 10.30 at night here in Europe. I am in Stockholm. Stockholm, Sweden. Just hung out with Henrik Linda. That was a lot of fun. Henrik Linda of The Dirty Lubes. Um, Chelsea's struggling with the jet lag a little bit. She's going to try and get an early night tonight. Does not want to sleep in until 2 p.m. again. I don't blame her. I kind of woke up in the middle of the night last night as well. That was far from optimal. Um, but yeah, made it over here to Stockholm, Sweden. It is thankfully not the arctic wasteland that it normally seems to be whenever i'm here i don't i don't know why i don't book trips here in the summer it always seems to be the middle of the winter and snowing and i came prepared for that this time and it's like the hottest year they've ever had or something like that so yay global warming shit i think i'm also recording an unnecessary track here i was trying to be able to feed music from the computer into the zoom um, to maybe play some tracks that I was thinking about. But we'll save that for another podcast. I'll get that figured out maybe tomorrow. Uh, going out to Matheson Bases tomorrow to see Anders. A new four-string is in the works. A uh, four-string version of my double-cut signature bass. Thinking we're going with a P-Bass pickup situation. 33-inch scale. Cannot wait to check it out tomorrow. Right now, I'm going to hit the go live button and inform the audience, okay, that whoever chimes in is live on the podcast. This is a really weird shot, by the way. If you hear this within 24 hours of, of the podcast going live, you're going to see a really weird looking Instagram live story. But for everyone on Instagram live... This is a live Q&A. You are being taped for the podcast. So if you have a thought or a question, chime in. <laughs> ask, ask questions now and they shall be answered on the latest episode of the Hello Coffee Drinkers podcast. A lot of people joining in and waving and saying some nice things as well, but nobody asking questions. So, we'll wait for people to chime in with their questions and address those as and when they come up. And I shall also prepare, like, it's going to be really good to just to have a list of things that I want to work on tomorrow with Anders, um, with the with the new bass. Obviously, I'm going to play a bass that I haven't seen before, the four string, and then work on my... Um, work on the five string, get that kind of back up to where it was before and really lock in all the prototype elements. Um, 
you know what, we've got a question here. Uh, how can someone without formal training get into music school? You just got to be good. You just got to love what you do and play your instrument well and and want to learn. And I guess the, the gazillion dollar question, uh, answer to that is you got to have money as well for <laughs> a lot of times. But, you know, most people when they're going into music school don't have that much. Uh, formal training the formal training element comes when you get to music school so I would say I wouldn't worry too much about how much formal training you have and uh, go there on your audition and try and play something original just try and be original no matter what the requirements are um, as long as you have some skill and and a passion for it and and some you know, some ability and some thirst for learning and some curiosity. I think uh, music school will recognize that. And uh, and if they don't, maybe that was not the right school for you. Um, okay, as in every live Q&A I get, at least lately in the last year, I get the question of why are you not playing Federa anymore? That question is probably, I don't know, three podcasts worth of uh, <laughs> of answer. Um, I guess one of the biggest, the, the easiest ways to answer that is that what I really wanted to start seeing was a high-end instrument in the marketplace that was affordable. Um, and when I, I've said this before and people jump down my throat, oh man, it's thousands of dollars, this is not affordable. Well, it's all relative, right? So when we talk about affordable, when we talk about going to Federa to buy my signature instrument and if you have it with all the bells and whistles and the Buckeye Bell this and the XLR and all, all the all the things I had on there it was close to $15,000 if you wanted to buy that instrument and you know people need transport to get to gigs they could buy a car for that for instance so when I talk about affordable when you do compare it to high-end or high-priced instruments like that when you talk about a completely handmade bass, which um, with the Matteson, that's what we're looking at, a, 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 just a short run of 20 limited edition for the completely handmade basses by Anders. They're going to be, I think we said 7,900 or 8,000, even something like that US. So you're looking at almost half of what the Federa was right away. And then you add in like the CNC element and, you know, make it semi-production. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. All made in Europe, not shipped out to uh, to Indonesia or China, but all done either in Europe or the US, super high quality, and then finished by hand. Then you can bring the price of the instrument way down. And I think the last time we ran the numbers, we were looking at something like 4,000 or 4,500, something like that for the single cut. And I think the four string double cut P bass is going to go for like 1750 something like this for a world-class instrument so I always like to qualify what I mean by affordable because everybody if you have $500 in the bank and you want a bass yes $2,000 is not affordable but in the grand scheme of things when you look realistically at high-end instruments and world-class luthiers and, and what it takes to do that I think it's possible to bring the price down bring the cost down uh, like we're doing and be able to make large volumes you know produce it at scale and put world-class instruments in the hands of musicians who are serious about about playing bass um, so that's that's our concept at least and i think we've come up so far with a couple of amazing instruments I've, i'm so psyched to see the four string tomorrow here in sweden and uh more information to follow with that and then the planned launch at winter nam january 2019 
So, of course, all of this stuff is subject to change because real life sets in and, and things get pushed back. So I can't promise, promise anything, but that is the plan right now. And, of course, I'll keep you guys planned. But that's I guess that's, you know, when I look at one of the main reasons for moving to Madison, that would have to be quite high up on the on the list. Um, let's see. Um, guess got some tons of questions in here. Oh, here's one from... Wow. Koblach, I think that might be. People have these very, very creative names uh, for their for their online identities. Uh, but the question is very simple: Are there any more books in the pipeline? The answer is absolutely yes. Uh, there are more books in the pipeline. Um, two in the immediate pipeline. One one in the incredible immediate pipeline uh, is, is almost dripping out of the tap right now. Um, I'm starting a series of books on jazz vocabulary for bass players and uh, we're going to start out with a with a 251 kind of trying to build a nice arc from the introduction you know simple outlining 251s and how to work that around the instrument and great exercises to get that basic vocabulary into your playing and then kind of having a nice arc towards the end of the book where we incorporate uh, altered and using melodic minor and kind of tensions and uh, you know voice leading and line cliches and all these kind of things so definitely aimed at beginner intermediate and advanced all in the same book there's no reason if you have a basic grasp of the instrument there's no reason why you can't start playing this music and if you're an advanced pro player there's absolutely no reason why you can't improve and work on you know some of the more technically demanding exercises in the book um they're all things that are in my practice routine on a on pretty much on a daily basis from the very simple to the very complex so yeah that one's in the pipeline that will be out before christmas sometime around then and trying to do something for black friday cyber monday this whole thing that happens around the third week in november we will run a huge sale at the store because there are tons of books in there and that's always a, a good time to run a big discount Am I going to go crazy and do like 50% off the whole store? I don't know. Give me your feedback. Is 50%, is half price, is that an attractive thing? It sounds pretty attractive to me. If I saw something half price, I'd probably go for it. So maybe that's what we're going to do. That's the kind of, that's the figure I've been banding around in my head. But anyway, that's coming up in a in a couple of weeks. And the book will be out before Christmas. Ooh, I've got the poor connection warning on the Facebook Live. Um... And it says it's reconnecting. I hope it's reconnecting. There was a question here about, am I doing any shows around Sweden while I'm here? I am not, unfortunately. It's all about work work, as in getting in the workshop with Anders and really... It's it's so cool. I can't, I mean, I'm going to obviously um, podcast there from, to, uh, you know, from Anders' workshop tomorrow and talk to him and get him on the podcast and talk about the some of the technical elements. I know the, there are some uh, super geeks out there who really want to know about the exact string height and spacing and all this stuff that I'm not so technically versed on, but we'll, you'll get the information from the horse's mouth tomorrow. And it's just nice to be in a controlled situation um, with, with peace and quiet uh, to be able to really dial in the sound of the instrument and the feel of the instrument and what works and pick up placement and to have prototypes that we can move things around in that's that's super important you know um so we really we really you know give ourselves the best chance of success in in terms of getting it right and we'll probably continue continually evolve you know 
um, maybe there'll be future, you know, uh, future models, you know, that, that, that improve upon the initial ones, but as close as we can get it to being the sound we envision and, and the, the things we both, you know, conceptually want to put in the bases, the better. The closer we can get it to that the first time out, then, you know, this is, I think, the fourth or fifth time in a year that I've been over here um, to work on it, which is kind of rare. Um, I, haven't, I haven't always been afforded that, that luxury when I've been, um, you know, creating instruments, and I was not afforded that luxury on, on the Federas, and um, so it's, yeah, I think from time, cons- time constraints, but I really, really made the time this time um and you know it's it's so far it's been really paying off i mean you guys it, guys and girls have seen the, the videos and perhaps some of you have come out and seen me play live using those bases and it's it's really incredible uh we got more questions coming here facebook seems to have sorted itself out or oh, instagram rather we're back online dave howard guitar asks very personal question i'm not gonna answer it uh the way people would perhaps want me to but the question is very simple what do you get paid for recording sessions and I, I can't actually answer that because I could tell you what I made for the last thing I did I could tell you what I'm charging for the next thing I do and there would be two f- quite different figures so I would say there's definitely a sliding scale involved there and it's on a case-by-case basis you know I don't I'm not um, I'm not the kind of person like a like a Chris Cheney or a Sean Hurley who's doing like a huge amount of union work and when I say huge I actually don't know what percentage of the work those like very well established uh, studio bass players in LA is I don't know whether that's 50-50 union to non-union whatever it is but I know they do union work and I know there's a scale involved in that this union scale which is like a standardized rate for doing film scoring and and that kind of stuff. And then, you know, when it's an established musician, they'll charge uh, double scale, triple scale. There'll there'll be some sort of um, negotiation involved, but that's really based around a scale. So even though they're getting the money they want, if they don't want to work for union scale, they'll do it based upon, at least that's been my experience. Like the few union things I have done, I've said, okay, well, that's, that's great. I'll do the session, but my rate is double scale, for instance. So I can't tell you exactly what it is. Also depends if I have to go to a studio and do it, or if I can do it at home or on the move or wherever I am, if I can do it remotely. So there are, there are tons of things that, that come into play. Am I simply playing bass on the recording? Am I producing? Is it something that I don't want to get paid for upfront, but I want some sort of, um, you know, some points or or royalty situation on the back end. There are so many ways of doing it. So, uh, yeah, tough question to, I don't really like talking about money. What is it? Money, religion, and politics, probably the three things to stay away from. So I'm staying way away from them. Uh, But that's probably the best answer I can give to that question. Um, Also a question from the same person. How do you keep your playing so fresh? I'm not sure I do, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) If I'm really... You know, if I'm really honest about it, but I I do try, I definitely try. I always keep an try and keep an open mind, and um, and just not be afraid to try new things, not be afraid to fail, because uh, when you're failing, you're generally learning. Because as soon as I make a mistake or I fail at something I'm trying to do, it sort of you know lays out the roadmap of exactly what I have to do uh, to bring that back into focus and to get it to get it under the microscope and uh, and work hard on it and correct the 
create the mistake. So I guess that's how I try and keep my playing fresh. Uh, there's another question here about how about your daily routine of practice. Well, right now it's not a daily routine because I've spent two days or three days actually traveling. Kind of the day I left was all kind of packing and running around and then traveling and then overnight missing sleep. And I did get to go to a great show yesterday to see Jojo and, and John and the guys. But I didn't. Uh, the bass literally hasn't come out of the flight case since it was packed on Wednesday morning. I, I don't even know if it's the right bass in there. I don't even know if it still has strings on it, if it's in one piece or any of that. I, I have not touched an instrument in two and a half days now. So uh, when I do have the time, I make the most of it. I think that's the best piece of advice I can give is just make the most of the time you have. Uh, it's really it's really important just to it, it, like I, I often say I talk about this quite a bit if you only have 10 minutes a day you'd be amazed at what you can get done in that time if you if you enter the the the, the practice in the with the right intent and really have amazing focus and kind of try and find clarity in what it is you're looking for um, let's see let's get some more questions here uh, is oh, here's a question about the new basses is the five string B 2G. Well, here's the thing. The both five strings that we're making right now, this is one of the things I love about them, have zero frets. So there's no nut. So you don't have to resize the nut to change the string for stringing from either B to G or E to C. I have my basses typically strung E to C. I have um, I have a couple of, uh, of really nice Mayones five strings um, that I have strung E to G. Those are kind of my other five-string kind of jazz thing and a, a more recent five-string from earlier this year, which probably is, is, I would think, a little more kind of prog rock kind of vibe almost. Uh, either prog rock or R&B, depending on how it was set up. But those are both B to G. But with the new Mattison basses, um, it's, a, it's a zero fret. So you could, you could stick either B to G or E to C on, on, the, on either of the five strings, the double cut or the single cut, and you can do that right away. Uh, you don't have to replace the nut. It's really set up great for that. So it's it's your choice. Um, uh, wow, I get asked these kind of questions a lot. The following question, what would you recommend between Yamaha TRB and Ibanez B2, B, BTB, I think it is. I actually don't know either of those bases. Um, but of course, I would recommend Mattison bases because <laughs> those are the ones I love. Those are the ones I'm designing. Uh, even if you don't get my signature model, like Anders has a lot of other, you know, Henrik, Henrik has a, a new signature line coming out. I've played his four string. It is awesome. Um, so there are a lot of instruments there. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of all of them. So I'd actually recommend those. I, I don't know how the prices are comparable, but with the prices we're looking at for my signature basis I can't imagine it's it's too far off um, in terms of being in that quote-unquote affordable range and uh, Instagram has kind of shit the bed again I'm guessing it's the hotel Wi-Fi which is just probably not a good look right now and I'm going in to see if I have like a thousand apps open behind it but not so much nothing really running in the background but it does say poor connection, which is kind of a drag. You just, you really want the technology to work for you in these situations. And I'm guessing it's like, it's always that time in a hotel, like around 11 o'clock. Hotels on the road and people get 
people get back, people are in their rooms, maybe they're binging some Netflix and you've got like three, 400 people in one hotel running off, even if they had a T1 or something or some crazy fiber optic connection. I don't think that's a dedicated line into each room. So it gets slow. And that's the thing I've noticed, especially when I was doing the daily vlog. Wow. Did I learn the hard way about dealing with poor connections? I seem to remember being in Turkey on the last minute world tour. I was in Istanbul and it was so slow. It was like half a megabyte per second upload speed. And I think the file was a gigabyte. I mean, it was a disaster. Just losing so much sleep with, uh, with uploading that stuff. I'm really wanting to stick to the schedule and it'd be a daily vlog. And the one, one major thing that hung it up, it wasn't even doing the work. Like I'd figured out how to do the work and do the editing and write the soundtrack and, you know, go through the, the thing of carrying the camera with me wherever I went. But it was that, it was really the upload speed of internet connections around the world. And you would have thought at this point, I'm in Stockholm, it's like a major Scandinavian European city with major infrastructure and I'm right downtown. And yeah, the hotel chooses to have some sort of connection that is not, not doing it. Even for a little cell phone stream, I guess I should... This is going on longer than any of the other pauses, so I should maybe end it and go back live again. That just means I have to tell everyone once again that I'm doing a live Q&A. So that live video has ended. Maybe I should go to Facebook Live for a second instead and see if there's anyone over there. It's, Facebook is dead, right? That's it. It's like people's parents use Facebook now. They've kind of discovered it seems to be that generation and that people's parents use it as I don't know as as we did maybe in 2007 or something seems uh, I see so, such little traction which is uh, which is unfortunate or maybe not maybe it's good that there's not, there aren't like multiple platforms that are really functional out there maybe Instagram is enough Let's try and go live one more time. See if we can get a couple more questions. Squeeze a little more value out of this poor internet connection for purposes of the podcast. You guys were also leaving me questions on YouTube. I should, probably should have checked that before I started. Because there are... I mean, coffee drinkers, I don't say this enough. I just can't thank you enough for the interaction and for the response there has been to... Uh, to, to everything I'm posting. Um, yeah, Instagram completely shit the bed. So I'm going to shut that down and and go and troll, um, troll, uh, troll YouTube. There was uh, actually something I remembered going. I, I put a video up about palm muting. Uh, it's actually one of the lessons from the new course on uh, right and left hand technique at Yannick Space Studio. I put it up on YouTube as a preview. And someone asked here um does uh, getting a ramp make palm muting easier the video is all about palm muting and uh i think getting a ramp makes certain things easier yes uh do do i recommend you make things easier absolutely not um i recommend that you go after a great sound i don't think having a great sound should be particularly easy i think it should be a lot of work and a lot of work that you put into building muscles and you know building kind of you know 
strength and consistency and those reactive skills in your fingertips. And I think a ramp kind of destroys that. There are exceptions to that, I think, in terms of someone like Gary Willis, who's, you listen to his sound, it's just unbelievably great. Um, it's just a completely different concept. The amp is super loud, his touch is super light. Uh, but he does have a ramp. It's like a big one-piece ramp, which the pickups are built into, I believe. It's just a single piece of wood. Um, and it's a completely different concept. It's not really free-stroke or rest-stroke. It's like his hybrid combination of the two. It's quite unique. It's a method he teaches, so I'm guessing he's not, at this point, the only person who uses it. But in terms of having any sort of, you know, quote-unquote conventional uh, electric bass technique, um, I would say that, the ramp is probably a bad idea. Speaking as someone who had a ramp for a, the majority of my career, and it really, I really suffered as a result of it. Like my sound suffered, my technique suffered, strength in my fingers suffered. And when I, you know, got over it and tore the ramps out of all of my instruments and started, you know, really actually doing the work, um, then it was just a massive change. Massive change in sound, touch, uh, sonic range the whole bit it was really really a pr pretty pretty huge moment i've told the story a bunch of times i'm not going to tell it again but it's the one with, with john patatucci and how he changed my action all that kind of stuff you can go search for that <clears throat> on youtube if you want to hear the story but um yeah so uh getting a ramp may make palm muting easier but i don't recommend it um more questions here about the, putting the Federa down and going with a different company. Um, yeah, I think we addressed that enough. Um, and it never ceases to amaze me, even on this video, which is actually pretty clean. This is one of the cleaner videos. Somebody is commenting here. It would be so... There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven O's on so. So much more interesting without all the noises you are doing with your mouth. I cannot focus on anything else than your singing, really. You need to work on your focus then, <laughs> big time. I appreciate your teaching, but I won't be able to follow you because of that. Well, nobody, thankfully, is forcing you to follow me or me to follow you or any of that. It's completely voluntary. So not sure why you felt the need to bring that up and comment below the video, but each their own but it always always amazes me normally it's the same person who would then write on another video hey so what's the importance of singing everything you play why do you do that why do you vocalize never ceases to amaze me it's uh, a, a very very much a common thread throughout throughout my youtubing <laughs> my short but so far quite intense youtubing career for want of a better term um yeah so many questions about the action the action is actually i mean yeah it's 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 higher than the average person on the base right now i absolutely i'll i'll cop to that but it's not crazy high and it's definitely not as high as it's going to be for me i'll, I'll say that i think I'm, i definitely there's definitely some work to do in terms of how much higher i'm, I'm going to take it and uh, we'll see that that's a story that is yet to be finished but i'm definitely working and that every time it's, it's great every time i get a little scared 
I'm like, oh, it's kind of comfortable where it is now, and I could totally be fine here with it. But let me just try. Let me just try this little one tweak, and then I raise it up a bit, and then so many more things get, you know, get exposed, and uh, it shows me that I can be better. Um, and and I, there's definitely more work to do, and there's there's more to be gained by raising the action a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, I you know definitely definitely it's on the way up it's not on the way down um i i gotta i'm I'm just i'm looking for questions on youtube right now to ask them in a podcast it feels totally forced i'm just here i'm gonna i'm gonna close the laptop because i think that's that's bullshit and if one doesn't have anything to say one should shut the you, you get what i'm saying you should just shut up and probably end the podcast but yeah things to be looking forward to tomorrow cannot wait to bring you all of this juicy stuff this information um i don't know if you've heard of the base buddha or base buddha is it basebuddha.com uh, the website it's my friend morton who used to work at tc electronic and um has since branched off on his own and started base buddha like a online base store i think he has a showroom now as well in aarhus i think in denmark but he's a connoisseur of all things hip and uh all things base gear related and is is fast becoming a very uh kind of go-to source of, of base gear here in scandinavia and in europe in general so and he i heard he's coming by tomorrow as well so it's going to be a bit a bit of a base hang and i believe there will be some pedal geekery as well he um he asked me uh, um, morton asked me ahead of time if i had heard of and if i wanted to try the enzo by meris pedals i believe um i believe they are a newer american company i talked to henrik a ton this evening about pedals it was so loud where we were where we were having dinner it would have been it would have been impossible it was worse than the train yesterday um but it was a great conversation and i was mad that i did not take my recorder with me to record it because we really got down to talking about layering effects and making big synth sounds and and stereo setups and programming pedals and axe effects and all, all of these the fractal stuff the new the latest one he's using and how programmable it is and how much more sense it makes than the than the the second iteration of it the second generation so I'm kind of looking forward to checking out some fractal stuff. Definitely looking forward to checking out this Maris Enzo pedal, some sort of synth pedal, I believe. Morton just told me about it yesterday. I think he's bringing it from Denmark over here to Sweden to hang out tomorrow so we can check it. And then just like the, the just the setup. I have obviously, as, as you guys probably know, been touring as a solo artist the past year and a, and a half or so on and off with the Last Minute World Tour, the completely solo shows, the looping shows. And that... I just had to streamline it because real estate and weight in terms of moving, you know, logistics, moving gear around the world and just carrying all this stuff with me, I had to come up with the smallest possible solution. So uh, I should probably do a vlog, of, um, make a video for YouTube just about that, about how it's all in this tiny camera bag and I can fit about 11 pedals in there, power supply, patch cables, the whole thing. But I'm definitely thinking... I want to I want to make a little bit of a bigger rig now and I want something that's wheeled something that is its standalone thing that I can take out of a flight case and just put on the stage 
and you know perhaps thinking about somewhere in there kind of a multi-effects unit for the brain um, or a switching system or some sort of looping something like that I'm definitely thinking about it Henrik has a lot of great ideas stuff he's thinking about for dirty loops and for his own music so we had a good good pedal powwow this evening over dinner and uh, a lot of interesting stuff and hopefully I get to experiment with some of the stuff we talked about um, tomorrow and then we'll we'll hang me, uh, Henrik and I will hang in LA in January and do some playing together we'll do some filming make some videos and get some sound samples for you guys of these new bases because he is launching a signature base with Matheson as well a new one in January so we will both be at the NAM show Winter NAM 2019 January in Anaheim we'll be at the Matheson booth playing some music we're actually going to prepare some music not just jamming E for 10 minutes at a time um, we're actually going to play some real music so we're going to get together before that happens we'll also do some recording together there and like I said some filming making some product demos for these new bases so you guys girls ladies gentlemen can check out exactly what they look like what they sound like the aesthetics the dimensions exactly what we're trying to do with these instruments and if you're at Winter Nam, you can come by and play them uh, which is which is even better so on that note of positivity I feel pretty positive now there's like a lot of stuff to look forward to it starting tomorrow even um, and then, of course, I'm just so psyched. Day after tomorrow, Copenhagen, get to see Chelsea. So it's just awesome few days. I get to see Chelsea play, which is even better. We've been together for a minute, but the times I get to see her actually perform are few and far between. And uh, really looking forward to that. So I will I will endeavor to take take the microphone in, get some uh, get some audio. Maybe get Morgan and Doug on the podcast for a for a hot second. Get them to talk about their tour for a second and how it's going and what they're doing and the music is always interesting to to have other people around. And I am gonna do more of that. Tomorrow there will be more of that with Anders. Super day of bass geekery. Coffee drinkers. It's our first week of the Coffee Drinker podcast in the can. He's uh he's looking forward to many, many more weeks, months. And uh, dare I say it, years of this stuff. It's a lot of fun. Clears my brain. Gets me gets me moving in the right direction. Appreciate you guys sticking around to listen. And uh, see you guys tomorrow. Coffee Drinker Radio. <laughs>